We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Carlo Navas, and with me today is producer, co-founder, Mr. Brian Goyes. He is back from his work escapades in San Francisco, San Diego. Wrong San. Close enough. Yes, Close thank enough. you. That's San Francisco by mine. The 49ers beat my beloved Aaron Rodgers. Uh, also with us today is our professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. No. That's everybody. That's the audience right now. I miss you, man. You're back. You know, you're doing five on the floor. You're in the locker room. You're important. You're big time. Welcome back, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Eric's gotta, gotta favorite press buddy. Yeah, you just got to come back to your roots. Uh, and today we have a guest, the Minister of Propaganda, Parakeet Ryan Cortez of ESPN. Parakeet Cortez. Hey, Twitter world. It's me, yours truly, Ryan Cortez. Hello. The minister Welcome. has arrived. Welcome back to the program, <laughs> Minister. We appreciate you. We needed some sort of government official in the middle of this resurgent heat season. I'm not a government official. I go rogue all the time. I can't You're be rogue. contained by the government, but I appreciate the feeling on the list. The minister is not voted by the people, yet he is empowered by the people. He is our voice. He is our, he is our megaphone to the masses, to Pablo, to Bomani, to all the suits. You're holding it down. Sedano doesn't hold it down for us anymore. <laughs> Those people are fake Miami. You know, the thing is, since this season has started, wow. there's, you know, pardon the interruption around the horn, highly questionable, first take, get up. Not a single one of those shows has talked as much about the Miami Heat as high noon. I just want to say, you're welcome. You're the minister. You're the most Miami producer of all producers on ESPN. Let them know, Goins. Let them know. Shots. The, the only he, other he person. You know that Veronica there. person. Veronica Keith, I don't the Veronica know. person. How the disrespectful. What, the one-time heat beat writer. That is so inside. Um, I think the only person on ESPN that wants to rep Miami as hard as you is Poppy. Dan's too big time now. Dan, Dan used to be that guy. Now Dan's too big time. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. And Ryan's holding it down. So, last night the Heat escape a home win against the Sacramento Kings, who oddly have beaten them twice in a row. And we're going for their third win in a row against the Heat, which I don't think that's ever happened in the Kings franchise history. Um, I would like to say, and Alex, I want you to be the first to come at me because I remember you and Alf and Leif were yelling at my take preseason that I think that fast teams bother the Heat. I think that 
speedy backcourts and teams that play really up tempo just kind of naturally disrupt what Miami wants to do. Spo teams don't play fast ever. Jimmy Butler clearly doesn't want to play fast. They really want to kind of, I mean, he wasn't there yesterday, but just the, the system that they play is just not a fast system. And I've noticed with the Hawks and with the Wizards and now the Kings last night, it, it kind of gives them problems. Thankfully, I don't really think in the playoffs that's going to matter much because the other teams are going to kind of play at the pace that they want. Um, Stuff like uh, that kind of concerns me, though. I kind of don't think speed was the problem last night, though. I think if we were talking about a Heat-Kings matchup from last season when they were really balling and the Heat were even slower, uh, that might have been the case. But last night, they got beat because of the fact that they had even more negative perimeter defenders that out there at the same time than they usually do. Something that we all were talking about. I think that has way more to do with it than speed. Like the Aaron Fox was not the reason they lo- they lost us. Like who else is on the team is fast. It's not Buddy Hill. It's not B Elitsa. Like who, who who are we talking? Harrison. I mean, Barnes? they were they, they were they were running up and down the court. I mean, a lot a part of that was heat turnovers. Like the Heat were turning the ball over a lot. But to your point, there was a lineup out there that it was like Nun, Hero, Goran, uh, Kelly, and Bam. And I'm like, wow, there's only one capable defender right on the floor right now. Honestly, last night, like outside of the. Did we lose Alex? That's a record for losing Alex. Unbelievable. <laughs> what a record. He shows, he shows up late and five seconds into his, his speech, he starts freezing. Hence professional screw up. Oh my God, that is legendary. Ryan, did uh, what did what, you take of that? Because like I was, I was kind of bothered that just the kinds of lineups they had to throw out there last night were just like a little frustrating. You, you guys are the experts. I am here to provide propaganda. And to me, the propaganda that needs to be stated about yesterday's game is that, and I was preparing this take in case we lost and I was going to go to work and people were going to give me shit about losing. And I was going to say, look, we played on Sunday at three o'clock and then we rolled out and we played on Monday at five o'clock without Jimmy. And that is a better explanation for poor performance than fast team or anything else. I like you, man. The the facts were, yeah, they played zone a lot and the zone didn't go great. And you could argue maybe play less zone, but I'm not here to question Spo. That's not what propaganda is about. Spo got it done and they won. I I don't know. I get what you're saying in terms of the fast team, maybe hurting them. I disagree. I don't think that's why, that's why it was a problem yesterday. I think it was just back to back. And if we would have played them on a Tuesday, we would have watched the floor with them. All right, so like Ryan, it. what's your real propaganda? Because I want to read your tweet after you you spelled whatever you want to talk about. But please tell me why you think the Heat have the best team in NBA because of her home record. So this is my I'm all in on this team, and and my my take on this team, I think we can win it all. I really, really do. There's no go. team. There's no team in the East that gives me any kind of fear. The Sixers are a bunch of cowards. If we play them in the playoffs, we would beat them. The Bucks, I don't trust. They don't have Brogdon anymore. Their numbers were super high last year. They fell apart in the playoffs. So if you go with me on the scenario, right, that the Heat could beat either of those two teams and the Heat are advancing to the finals, all of a sudden, Anthony Davis is out for two games with a shoulder injury in the finals? Are you kidding me? The Heat are winning it all. So if, if you just follow that framework, who the hell is beating the Heat this year? I don't know. I mean, what a story. I mean, I what mean, if the Sixers and the Bucks play each other as well? I mean, that's, that's, out of, that's you know, two, two of their problems out of the way right there. Great point. Yeah, six is really still like a, a fifth seed. I mean, as long seed? as they don't play the magic, they're good. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's why I told people at work. They're like, "You guys lost to the magic." I'm like, "We've always struggled with the magic. Magic doesn't count." As long as they don't see Evan Fournier, I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need those kind of. I don't need Evan Fournier for seven games. All right, let me read your real tweet. So you said the Miami Heat are thirty and thirteen. We're an NBA best nineteen and one at home because croquetas. Some thought we lose tonight because we played yesterday at three and Jimmy was out, but some are wrong. Did you know Spo is the best coach in the NBA? So the thing with those tweets that he just read, they all come above this meme that everybody's seen with a guy who's probably from Miami talking to a very uninterested girl in a club. Yes, yes. And then the tweet goes above that. I don't know what to do with that other than to say that he Twitter likes those tweets and I will not stop doing them. I didn't expect he Twitter to like them. But I'm going to always write them from a perspective of some drunk Miami dude in the club who's like <laughs> half paying attention to the game. Hey, did you hear what Eric Reed said? Like, that's what the tweet's going to be. There's no way that that meme wasn't taken at space like at 7 in the morning. <laughs> Thank you. 100% a little. I see that happen all over Miami. You're so right. I was at Wynwood on Saturday and that was everywhere. 
they're so uninterested. Like we're just spewing takes at them about the heat, about Flanagan's, about food. They don't care. Oh, yeah, they I'm don't want to know. I'm reading one from the 2912 Miami Heat. You ended up saying, want to hit up Flannies in Westchester. And I feel like that's the most Miami thing ever. <laughs> it's the best Flannies. That's a good Flannies. That's a great Flannies. It goes, it goes Flannies in Westchester, one, and then Flannies in the Grove, two, and then three is anything else. No, Flannies. no, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, this, go ahead. What do you got? If this was any other podcast, I would, this is something, I, I you know, I try to be reasonable with other people, but Flannigans and Hialeah, my God, nah, the chaos get out of here. over there. Nah, get out of here. The Doral <laughs> here one's better Hialeah. than the Hialeah one. <laughs> Always. The Doral one's better than the Hialeah one. Oh, I hate the Doral one. I like the Doral one. The, the one food is not as good on the, the 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 chicken stickers are not as good as the ones in the Grove. Chicken stickers are fine. Come on, man, you got to go wings. Bro, wings burgers. There's a million or... things to get. No, nah, not the burger. No, nah. the the, the item is good. you go rib rolls on the appetizer oh, for always. sure. Staple always. If you go on a Wednesday, you get the rib rolls and the free wings for the appetizer. Of course, yeah. And then your meal is either like ribs or chicken stickers, in my opinion. I've never had the chicken stickers, I gotta say. Wait, you go double ribs? ribs are yeah, I don't mind going double ribs. I really don't. They're, they're that good over there. What is your what is your preferred condiment with the fries? Because the honey mustard there is fire. The honey mustard's fire, but you know, the barbecue sauce is outstanding. It's did you, have you guys ever been to Tony Roma's, which was a Miami staple back in yes. the day? Yes. So to, to me, when I was growing up, Tony Roma's had the best barbecue sauce I've ever tasted. And they're mostly out of business now. Flanagan's is the closest thing ever. So to is, answer your is question. Is that a Miami thing? Barbecue. I didn't know that Tony Romo's was a Miami thing. I believe so. I believe so. Wow. I was today years old when I learned this. I mean, Flanagan's yeah. ate up Tony Romo's. Yo, Alex, right. why are you not asking Heat players like what their Flanagan's order is? Like, this is what you're there idea. for. This is yeah, what you're there for. Idea. I had the balls Anthony- to ask Duncan Robinson if he liked chicken tender pub subs at Publix. And he told me yes. There you go. Oh, I mean, I have little time with these guys, man. I, I mostly I mean, don't get one-on-ones. That's the well, problem. I mean, we know that Anthony Chang and Ira and Barry, they're out here getting news. They're news collectors. You do your thing. You get, like, this kind of news. It could be your niche. So I'm going to sit here is, both ways. Got it. His niche is currently getting chewed out by Spo, even though he's an <laughs> exceptional reporter. <laughs> I was so proud of you. Alex. I love Toledo, and and that's what I think of is Spo just absolutely annihilating him for no reason for Wait, have you asked Spo for being right. Then? By the way, for like being an, right, for being I mean, right. That's the thing. I'm definitely right about that. And, and it's funny because the other day, like we, we often Ethan all ranked like what Spo meant to the team, like versus Jimmy versus Bam versus the rookies, and I ranked Spo number one over all of those things. And they had wow. Spo three and four. So I'm over wow. here. Like a clown, just getting played by this team. Rookie move by me, but um, you ranked Spo ahead of Jimmy. I mean, it was hard because it was like in the you know in the moment he's like, oh, rank four, four through one. These things, I'm like, God damn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I was right, but he forgot about that like ten seconds after it happened. So, and I'm still over here talking about it. Like, I mean, Spo is totally going to be the All Star coach for the Eastern Conference this year, right? Yeah, him or, no, him I mean, or uh, Big Dick Nick. <laughs> in all seriousness right. i agree with toledo because if you watch this heat team last year and you watched them this year it's remarkable like spo spent the offseason talking to all these coaches and just like throwing the ball around like with the warriors i mean he's right like spo is incredible let's bow down to spo let me say this this is gonna be a little little basketball-y um and it's kind of dialed back a bit now that justice has gotten hurt but toward the start of the season they last so last year um they ran like i think it was probably 10% more of their possessions as dribble handoffs. And that had gone down this season. They were running more offense through horn sets. And that was partly because of Jimmy and partly because of justice. And just the fact that this is like, okay, we're totally changing the way we play uh, with mostly the same guys. And uh, it just totally worked. And the offense has been awesome. It's kind of yeah. fluctuated a bit because they, they've lost some ball handlers and they run a lot of dribble handoffs with Duncan and Tyler, which like Duncan is like, I, I, we mentioned this every pod, but like that guy, that guy couldn't play last season. He's unbelievable. No, I mean, like he is, he's so important to this team now. And yeah, I mean, suppose is, is, is a reason for all of this, man. And I don't even mean to sound like, yes, to crown him is he's the best coach in the league. I think the team that they are now, the team that we see now, where they're pretty much a better offensive team than defensive team, this version of the crazy. team that's on pace for 54 games or, you know, 54 wins, whatever it is now, that's because Spo put them in that position. He figured out what he had and, and you know, Duncan Robinson. And Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero, like he saw it there. He saw that he could have a team that's built around Jimmy Bam and shooting. And like we didn't see that coming in. There was questions about the offense. 
I think what he's turned it into, where he's putting these guys in a the position, they're not, you know, no, nobody is doing too much. Everybody's kind of doing the right things. Kendrick Nunn is not used as a point guard. He's a, you know, a short shooting guard who's just there to score and make some quick plays. Like, he, everybody's in the right position. And I think the fact that he turned this team into a 54-win type of team is pretty crazy to me because I thought their upside before was like 47-48, and now it just seems so obvious. Like, they have this elite shooting. Yeah. I mean, but no, we were questioning that to the start of the season. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like, everything he said about the offense is right in terms of it being built around it and being better than expected. But, like, we all know this. If Justice had been healthy that entire year, our defense is nasty, too. Like, the defensive rating at one point this year was, like, second or third. is like, down to, yeah. you know, 13 or 14, whatever it is. They're in the 20s that, since December 1st, by the way. Right, and it keeps going down, and, and, and I mean... But I guess my point is, if if he had been healthy, you might be looking at both an elite offense and a defense. Or maybe a James Johnson played like a month ago. Jose, let's mm-hmm. ask, let's let's ask the hard questions here. What? Where the hell were they hiding James Johnson? What the hell? Like how much? How much of this is like they were trying to teach JJ a lesson, or like did they not see this in practice? Like I don't. Alex, are you in practice? No, that's Ethan. Okay, so that's that's an Ethan question, but yeah, like I I don't know like what the hell like from the second he started playing again, it seemed obvious. It's like oh my god, that's what they've been missing. I love how you snuck that in, by the way. Where are they hiding James Johnson? I Great know, I Miami Heapie bit. Shout out to Christian Hernandez. Um, he's been a sharpshooter, James Johnson. By the way, they yeah. literally came back because of him. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Nice. He what was their say, best. What do you say in the post? What do you say in his post game presser? He was he was the highest in the room. No, don't. don't what, what? 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 That's not how it was framed whatsoever. Uh, he was asked about his hot shooting recently since they started using him in the rotation again, and he responded with highest in the room. He was trying to say that he was a better shooter than these other guys. Like, uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know. I kind of feel like room. how Goins had it was more correct. Though. I don't know, man. The highest like, con- in the room were to Travis because that's the name of the Travis Scott track. But yeah, I didn't. You know, I just didn't want it to be misquoted. A lot of you Twitter had that same reaction, Brian. Responsible reporter, Alex Toledo. Nah, I'm not getting blamed for this. <laughs> Alex is like, I'm not going down for this. That could be Anthony or somebody else. That ain't me, man. I framed it properly. Don't don't throw that. Don't throw bricks on that. Yo, how we feel about JJ's hair? Because I like it. I'm in on it. This is my favorite hairstyle after the Afro. <laughs> I dig it, too. I love Afro, JJ. I love the frosted tips. No one beats Justice Winslow's hair on the team, though. He hasn't had the afro in a while, though. Bro, I want to. I want Justice to play with that hair. Like, I feel like we're robbed of that. He could. He looks awesome. I don't know, man. Do we like Tyler <laughs> Hero's hair? I feel like Tyler Hillary needs to keep growing out his hair. Well, you don't like hair talk? I don't know what I what I what to do with you talking about hair. I want Justice to have cool hair, man. And JJ's hair is like funky. Like they have a they have a quality like hair team. Okay. They have good hair. Oh, they Jimmy's hair is on. <laughs> Jimmy's hair. I think Jimmy might have the best hair on the team, actually. Jimmy has good hair. What were you going to say, Alex? Is it weird that when we talk about justice every time, like all the different things that he would help the team with, and oh, I can't wait to see him back out there again. It feels weird. It's like seeing somebody from another team photoshopped onto the heat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, that would yeah. never happen. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Just photoshop a random, a different number on justice. You're like, oh, man, one day. Oh no! Oh, please don't. They have the cap space. No. Uh, you know me, funny. Actually, I can't wait till the day that Dion Waiters makes his into rotation. Do we think just like he's gonna ever play again? I feel like he no. might actually, man. I he was on the bench and in the locker room last night post game, which is oh, he was in the locker room. I've never seen him post game. Yeah. what was he doing? Was I think he allowed he to was, talk to you? Um, he was out of there in two minutes. It, you know. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing him um, during the game, like crunch time, when Goran was trying to go for that. Um, he liked that spin move in overtime. He almost made that layup. I remember him talking yeah. to Dion on the sidelines. And Dion, and Dion looked like he was trying to um, prep him up. I think they're all boys. Like, I think yeah, Warren I still Dion think are they so- are. I didn't know that he was. I didn't know that he would do the locker room, man. So, Ryan, you don't think he's going to play again? I think he will. I have no reason. Yeah. I have oh, no reason to think he is. Me. This is tough, man. That's why you need Colin Perry, Keith, not Ryan. Ryan's usage is through the roof today. Oh, my God. He's like, did you guys see that video of the Westbrook intercepting the pass to, to P.J. Tucker from Harden? That was, that was pretty funny. good, though. That was Brian right now. <laughs> I, asked, I asked Ryan. and Brian's Give me like, the rock. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so what were you saying, Ryan? Cor- uh, Cortez, Parakeet, Brian doesn't get confused. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I have zero reason to think he's going to play this year. And I, I think you've seen, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Ethan and other reporters have hinted at that too, that it's more likely than not we're not going to see him at all this year. If we haven't seen him by now with the rotation stretched thin and you've seen Johnson and things like that, like, I, yeah, I don't expect to see him. You know what's crazy is like he kind of none is kind of giving you the Dion production. I think Dion's a bit of a better defender, but other than that, like you're kind of getting comparable production to Dion's really good season, the 2017 year. We're uh, not talking none. highly. We're not talking highly enough about none lately. Oh, he's been great. I mean, like this His, is, and he's gotten better. Last four, four or five games, he's averaging almost 24 a game. The yep. big knock on him from from us here, like for basketball stuff, was the passing ability and the pick and roll. Like he was kind of just like looking toward the basket. But that has changed. I mean, he's been really great at finding the pockets, really moving the ball. It's been, like, tremendous. Yeah, even, like, a small thing, like, in the, the game yesterday where he was hitting giant free throws late in that game. He had all he four He wanted the free. Did you see how they were hot potatoing? And then when none caught the ball, he was waiting. He's like, no, I want the free throws. It struck me watching it just because, like, seeing this team over the years, like, you would have expected Dwayne Wade to miss one of those two free throws. Always. You would have expected Jimmy Butler to miss one of those two free throws. And it was cool to see him like, no, give me the ball and I'll, I'll hit all four of them. Like, don't worry about it. They've got three guys now who can hit two out of two free throws. And that really tells you the, the, the story of the season and why they're so good at offense. Because they never have that. They never have. Bro, we're still undefeated in overtime. Other than the Ray Allen blip, they have not had a guy. I guess Chalmers. You definitely got to give Ellington that credit. Ellington, Chalmers, and Ray are like the only recent guys that I really trusted at the end shooting free throws. And Jason Capono. That's 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 a wild name. We mentioned Jason Capono like like, every episode now. Mentioned every show now, bro. Jason, we gotta get Jason on. Speaking of like Capono had good hair, better hair than anybody you mentioned. Capono has. uh, man. Capono had the hair of like. Uh, you know, the protagonist of a 2004 movie of a white guy, like <laughs> <laughs> three point shooting champion, Jason Capoto. Like the guy uh, from you know Scrubs who, who, or something. The best guy who had hair on the team was actually Josh McRoberts. I miss McBob's. Oh, you know, man. Legendary uh, picture. What's he up to nowadays? Cortez, you know that I was a big, I was a big McBob's guy. It's probably one of my worst standing ever. Nothing okay. worse than your obsession with the fucking Toronto Raptors for some reason. Oh, why'd you have to say Despicable. Big win Despicable. yesterday, guys. Big win yesterday. Hey, yo, check out Dishes and Dimes. Our friends at the Raptors cut off Twitter his mic. made a podcast. Did I get cut off? <laughs> I thought I did. Oh, I did get muted. I did get muted. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Shout out to Dishes and Dimes. Um, um, we need a shout out High New Man. That's a great, great show. Everybody Ryan makes it great. Out. Don't wait. What else do you produce, Ryan? Don't you? Because I know you do clips and stuff. The Stephen A. Smith show. Do you produce that too? I, I no, no, no. I don't know. I, I, my Twitter is whatever I think is funny. I'll send it out. Okay. You know, I used to just get frustrated that there was all these funny moments happening on ESPN and whatnot, and just we're getting lost. So my account is dedicated to those moments. But um, no, I, I produce for High Noon with a team of super talented people. It's not just me. Bo and Pablo are amazing, and. uh I do research for highly questionable alongside other people. It's not just me, but uh, those are the, the two main things I work on. Those two shows. What did you do for Jesus Amaro? Same thing with Jesus Amaro. Like our crew right now, you know, a bunch of us worked on Jesus Amaro, and then we left to go work on High Noon. So we've worked together a while. So I, I edited one of the segments on Jesus Amaro. You know, each of us had a segment to edit, and uh, that that show was nuts too. That show was insane. Bro, they are probably like two of the most talented people doing anything right now. Like that, that whatever teams that they have are just like they have. They're so good at that. Like everything that they do is awesome. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean the thing with those two guys was just chemistry, man. Like you could hear it in anything they did. They they had an overwhelming sort of like bond and friendship, and that carried over into whether it was TV or podcast. You know, them walking on the street or whatever. Alex, you saw them when they came down here, right? That I was supposed to go with you. Yeah, I went to that show, and they literally just do the same thing that they do. <clears throat> excuse me, that they do on their podcast. Where they do you just, do that on five on the floor? Do you comment to the mic on five on the floor? Yeah, but the thing is, I, <laughs> I edit that, so I have to go and edit out my own coughs afterwards. <laughs> Brian's but, gonna uh, leave it in. <laughs> edit, edit, edit smarter, not harder. I'm leaving that in just so I can uh, give you guys some less rating. There you go. Done. <laughs> They're so good. Keep screwing up in the show. Bro, so I've been I've been kind of mad that I've been seeing like these weird takes on Twitter that Bam is a better uh, Bam is the best player on the team over Jimmy Butler, and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of sick of that. 
And I love Bam. And Bam's our guy. And he's an all-star. And he's the most improved player. And he's going to be all NBA. And he's going to be have all these incredible accolades that he 100% deserves. But I'm not about like talking ourselves into the idea that he is more important and better than Jimmy Butler. Any statistic you look at would suggest otherwise. But Jimmy's on-off numbers, they're like plus 13 with him on, minus 2 with him off. Bam has a, a really good one, but not that. Um, I mean, you could just see it, like when he plays, they're just a different team. He's he's everywhere on defense. He's the uh, the engine to their offense. Like I'm I'm not cool. I'm not like down with these takes. I tend to agree with you there about uh, you know Jimmy versus Bam. We're trying too hard. Time, We're trying to be hipsters. It's like the best way I can compare it is like very much with like with with the Jazz have with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Like it's really you know who brings more to the table for them when you're just talking about why they're so good right and like we are we we each think you know jimmy and donovan are better than gobert and bam but at the same time they're doing all the other things and i feel like it's kind of fair to make the argument that what they do relative to their team success and and why they're good is kind of 50 50 more or less like maybe maybe the jimmy one is like and the donovan is like jimmy uh, you know 55 uh 45 or something like that where it leans one way more than the other but i feel like it's pretty close to 50 50 I think the offense, I think we, I think we've reached a point in the NBA that offense is more valuable than defense. And if you look at offensive ratings, the offensive ratings are always, I don't know about that, man. I think, right. You can have that tape, but hold on, hear uh, me out. I don't know. You're scoring more often on every possession than you're not just guaranteed the way that the league is every offensive ratings over a hundred, right? That means that you're scoring more times than you're not. And if you can have an elite guy on offense, you're adding more to the team. And at the end of the day, like there's you, you could play incredible defense and it doesn't matter against guys like Jimmy who are getting to the line. And we're not even counting the pressure that he creates by getting guys in foul trouble, how that affects the rest of the game. And that, that does reflect statistically when you look at what he does on the court versus off the court. But he is an all-defensive talent on defense. He holds the team on offense. Like I don't think it's so... I think it's like 60-40 or 65-35. Like if we're going to split them like both. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I, you know, we're really just arguing about fucking numbers here. Semantics. What did you tweet yesterday about what you felt their win total would be without Jimmy? Like I think they'd be just a slightly better version of what they were last year where I really thought last year they were like a 41 win type of team. They had some injuries. So they ended up like at 38 or 37, whatever it was. But. I think like that team with a little bit more shooting would be pretty good. It would just Rob be like a fifty-eight wins with slightly more shooting. We're not talking enough about the pace that this Heat team's currently at. Like fifty-eight wins. You know, this team hasn't had that kind of record since the big three teams. And every single time the Heat have had a record halfway through a year where they've gone was it twenty-nine or twenty-eight and uh, eleven or twelve, whatever the record was at the time. They've made it to the I mean, I think that type of stuff is like very like it's such a trap, right? Because we're like we're gonna get our expectations back up. Hey, history Yes, but history also tells you that they had like multiple elite talents in every single one of those teams. No. All right. Alex, stop talking. Ryan, go ahead and give us that propaganda. That's (laughs) what you're here for. Not going. He knows what it is, baby. Like we're headed to the finals. History, you know, speaks for itself. But I like no, I mean, I, I think that conversation about Jimmy and Bam is interesting to us because we're nitpicking there. But I, I think the reason that conversation is happening is not for any other reason than offense is easier to quantify to the average fan than defense. That that average person tweeting about that is not looking at on-off numbers and they're looking at it with their eyes and there's random games that Jimmy's got eight points and he's affecting the game in a million other ways. But to them, it's like Bam's the star of the game. You know, but I get what you're saying. I think Jimmy's affecting the game obviously in more ways than Bam. Bam's also really imposing. Like when Bam's having a good game, you really feel it. Jimmy, like you said, he could have eight, seven, and seven, and you're like, where the hell did those seven assists come from? And Bam is getting offensive rebounds, dunking on guys, getting blocks. And when he's on a break, you notice. When Jimmy's kind of on a break, kind of weaving in and out of traffic, it's not something that you're taking such inventory of. That makes sense. No, I'm not really. I'm I'm, I'm kind of just letting it go through my head because I was thinking about what you were saying before, and I still believe that like once it comes down to it, you know, it's great. I do kind of agree with you that having a really really good offense is maybe a little bit more important than having a top five defense per se. But like at a little the same bit time, it's like, like a little bit more. That type of thing gets you into where the Rockets are, you know, 
where the Nuggets have been in the past. They're still early on. I'm not, you know, dis- <laughs> disqualifying the Nuggets. But, or it could be like Cleveland, like had a really you crappy still need defense to have at and a least, great offense. At least an above average offense. I mean, I'm sorry, defense to win championships. And at the end of the day, it's like Harden is one of the most talented and productive offensive talents we've ever seen. And yet we see him lose in the playoffs and we already know. Him. I don't know, man. They were they were an, an anomalous, like, what was it? 0 for 13 oh, or no, 0 I'm not discounting that Rockets team. That was a that nasty was. Rockets team. I think people don't give. Uh, what the Rockets did enough love like they pushed the KD Warriors in their peak you know to the brink if it wasn't for Chris Paul getting hurt like who knows what would have happened right that was a really really nasty team but I'm saying like the overwhelming sample of Harden in the playoffs has not been good and I, I'm, I'm not I don't want to make this a Harden conversation what I'm trying to say is like the no, offense know, versus defense thing I think it's very much yin and yang like Mitchell without Gobert isn't as good I think Jimmy like it, this team without Bam and Jimmy and the shooters I think that probably like subtracts you a good like seven wins i don't know like i think he's really important to what they do no he is he's absolutely i also think that we're at the point in the league where perimeter defense is a little more important than what your bigs provide especially because in this defensive scheme bam is not a rim protector he's not and that's why the heat rim protection numbers are not great they prevent guys from getting to the rim on the perimeter but bam is not the last line helper defense right like that's just not how they're playing defense so I think that the ways that Bam is affecting the game, and that's partly because they play with him at power forward a lot. He's not able to affect the game as a defender to the to like the the rim of his ability. Talking right? again like about the, the roster deficiencies, right? Too many negative defenders yeah, that, that it, they're trying it, to cover it's, for it's, at all times with their scheme. Because Bam is out there guarding multiple positions a night, and I get what you're saying. He is kind of limited because of the scheme. Within that scheme, he's still incredible. Like he has no doubt been a top fifteen, top ten defensive player this year. And I don't even have to sound biased. He's been incredible. Like, I would like to see extended so that's why time. I'm saying. Like they're, you know, if their roster was a little Johnson. bit more balanced, and then I would take them a little bit more serious as a title contender. But that was the, that's the one thing that sticks out from these teams, from this team, and the teams in the past that went so far is now they're relying on rookie talent, and you know, second year players like Duncan Robinson and guys like Myers. Whereas before, you had a team with, you know, two stars at the top and a bunch of veterans around them. So I guess that's where you poke the holes. And Jimmy Jimmy and Bam aren't D-Wade and Shaq and, and LeBron and D-Wade. So <laughs> obvious, but that's where I'm like, they're a really good team. But I just don't want everybody getting, like, conference title hopes up, you know? You know what's a little I'm talking about NBA champions. That's kind of... <laughs> Yeah, man. Where, where are you this going? Yeah, with this listen, Ryan's, Ryan's in the that's, future. But. That's guaranteed, man. You can put that in the books right now. Just Alex. remember to credit me, Toledo, when it that's happens. That's a wrap, man. We're going straight to the finals. We're going to face LeBron, and we're going to show LeBron exactly who is the true king. I, I have a legitimate question. Um, Jimmy Butler. If you're the NBA and you can have Giannis versus LeBron or the Heat versus LeBron, which do you Come on, man. No, man. This is LeBron, man. Any day. Giannis versus LeBron would be incredible. <laughs> that means we're in the finals. You don't what the think, fuck are you talking you about? Gee, are you telling me you'd rather have the Heat face a Giannis team in the Eastern Conference Finals? You'd rather have a Heat team face LeBron in the finals? I'm asking, like, what does the NBA want for ratings? Bro, what the fuck are you talking Bro. about? <laughs> they yeah. want the Heat, right? All right. Am I wrong? Saying, am I, am I, I alone on the... Three of us... You guys are all saying that he, they want the Heat over Giannis in the finals to play against LeBron? Yes. I think the NBA wants Giannis no out of way, Milwaukee. No way, man. Giannis in the finals versus LeBron? Yeah, Yo, he do, did the man. crown thing last time they played against each other. That the was, crown thing was badass, awesome. Dude, Honestly, I love like, that. I will, I will be thrilled with Clippers, Bucks, or Lakers, Bucks. I want to see Giannis in the finals. This guy's amazing. Like, what are we talking about? Giannis versus LeBron in the finals? For sure the media wants <laughs> The media wants Miami because they don't want to travel to Milwaukee. Alex, think about That's getting right. credentialed for a finals game in Miami. Man, Milwaukee, Milwaukee no, and LA in the finals. Wow. I mean, it's like it's like the old days, right, Kareem? <laughs> Bucks Lakers in the 70s, like the sweep? old days. You want to watch a 4 0 sweep? What do you mean? We Bucks? won that game. What are you talking Who's about? sweeping who? The Bucks or the Lakers? Like what? The Yes. Yes. The, the Lakers, Lakers are sweeping the Bucks? No, no, the Bucks are sweeping the Lakers. Why are we miscommunicating? I don't know, man. So you guys are all over the place. I just think this is a weird question in general. It's obvious. Everybody loves Giannis. I don't know, man. Say, 
Um, I do want to I do want to pivot back to something we were talking about because uh, I just pulled up the numbers. So I was a little curious because we're talking about the rim protection and Bam not really being a rim protector. So when JJ's in the game, Bam is acting as the five. Uh, when they're both in the game together, they've only played seventy seven minutes, so you know, really small sample size. Uh, they're giving up a hundred and eighteen defensive rating, but their offensive rating is one forty. Outscoring opponents by eighteen. It's very good. But I'm surprised that the defense is so bad. Um, 77 minutes is not a lot, but still, I mean, it's almost a game. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I'm looking right now at the Zach Lowe article from this past week. Um, he wrote that the, he thinks that the Heat are one player away from being really dangerous. And he says that the Heat know this. What does dangerous mean? I mean, Ryan obviously thinks that we're going to the finals. So Ryan yeah. thinks that one player is a dynasty, right? Well, if we're going to finals, then I guess one step I think dangerous means finals, actually right? being yeah. contenders to get out of the, the second round and to give the Bucks a real, real shot in, in the conference finals. I think by dangerous, I mean I think he means that we're going to sweep every single team up into the finals. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're thinking, Ryan. That, that is the article that mentions DeRozan, Aldridge, and Drew Holiday, right? Uh, no, this one, this one mentions, um, he says, a lot of speculation about the Heat and other teams has centered around Drew Holiday. Uh, he says he's good. The Pelicans may have to keep him, push for a number eight seed. This is what suitors are expecting as of now, which could, change, of course, change. Trade deadlines in two weeks, by the way. Um, and then he also says he wonders if the Heat may need a pressing need for a stretch power forward. And he mentions Danilo Gallinari as a worthy rental. That doesn't make sense because they have a stretch power forward that's buried in their bench. And Kelly Olenek. Yeah, very stretched. Yeah, but Danilo Gallinari's better. I mean, he's a forty percent three point shooter this year. I don't know. What no, he's stretchy. He's want. obviously stretched. The problem is on, on no, defense, man. <laughs> he's so bad. Right. I kind of think there's a consolidation. Oh wow! Wing instead of finally, you're four. coming the consolidation train. Um, Nikaias and I have been the consolidation train, baby. Yo, people have been telling me yeah. to stop doing the trade stuff for months. I've been saying they need to consolidate forever. They had too many times. Not me. Should you have too much Ethan in your life? Fair. I don't know if we should trade James Johnson anymore. Guys. It was never a choice. Okay, we gotta keep. <laughs> gotta keep. <laughs> They're stuck with him. I don't. Okay. Uh, Real quick, while we have talk oh, on Zach Lowe, I have a couple of tidbits for you guys. Okay, please. I love Zach Lowe to death. Okay, breaking the news here. Can't tell you guys every detail, but I'll tell you some. Zach Lowe is working on a story about the Miami Heat. It's a big story. It's a good story. It's been working on it a while. Comes out soon. Can't tell you guys everything. Wow, it's going to be big. Who did he talk um, about? Give us, give us a name. Give us a name. It has to be Riley. It has to. Wow, that could have been my first scoop for real. We haven't heard from Riley. We haven't heard from Riley since Jimmy got introduced. <laughs> also, when I met Zach at the office, believe it or not, the man has a Miami Heat vice cup. He does. He he's mentioned that on his podcast. He loves. Okay, it. okay. He's he's in on Vice. He's in yeah, on he, Vice. He loves it. He loves. He, it. he bought his so many daughter. Times how, yeah. He bought his daughter he, a Vice jersey. She loves. He's it. heat culture, man. He's he heat spends culture. way too much money at the Miami Heat team store. He, Let me tell you products. something. Zach Lowe's like. Yeah. Zach Lowe like holds the heat water more than like Sedano and other Miami media. I know. He was saying three seats. He's also the guy who a year ago said that he had, hey, that they have the bleakest future in the league. Cut his mic off. Propaganda that doesn't matter. Yeah, that was in the past, here. Alex. Look at now. Honestly, dude. I totally stepped up not not reporting this first. I totally saw him in the locker room. <laughs> Zach was setting this on his podcast, though. So I forgot what was the game. Was it the Sixers game? Uh, it was one of the bad ones. It was one of the ones that I think. Some, yeah, it was a boring was game. Wow. Oh no, it was I a think boring it was game. the Wizards. It might have been the Wizards, Wizards game. game. No. Yeah, it was it was a game that I re- I remember because I remember he had he said that he was gonna come to Miami, um, on his podcast and I was really excited. I was like, oh, what's that gonna do? And then he went to a boring game. Oh like, no no no! I think it was the Raptors. Game. Oh, who cares? No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, I think it was the Raptors game. <laughs> I'm doing a, I'm doing a Twitter search. It was. You it can't was not, stop me, Ryan. It was not the Raptors game. He was not at Raptors shoot around. I'm I'm doing a research right now. I was there. That's why I know. Kyle smiled at me that day. Great day. All right, G. You guys hate me so much. Um, man, let me tell you, that that team's gonna be an issue for them. Um, no, they're not. We've beaten them twice. What are you talking about? They're not healthy yet. The Celtics so, and the so Celtics, aren't the Heat. 
Let me tell you, I, for some reason, I'm not scared of the Celtics in the slightest. I look at them as a non-threat. I don't know what I'm doing. Ryan, yeah, Cortez is like nodding. I hate the Celtics. I hate I their fans. I hate the threat. franchise. They're I'm not, not even, a threat. They don't, yeah. I'm not even no. scared of the I gotta Sixers. I got to tell They're you, I've ass. had the opposite reaction over the past month or two. As much as I hate to say it, regrettably, I've lost some of my conviction from earlier when I said I'm not at all afraid of the Celtics. I was making fun of their defense, making fun of Kemba being short. I was making fun of Tice being slow. They've been a top four defense like all season. I don't know what to do with it. I don't really trust it as a playoff formula. But the fact that they have so many guys who are taking leaps and Hayward is good again and their defense has been elite, I'm like, oh man, they're better than I thought. Because they were you so no like guts. they were so Zero. mediocre last season on both ends. And all of a sudden, like they've everything that was supposed to happen last season with Brown and uh Tatum like taking a leap happened, you know. Kemba's going along great over there. Hayward is close to what he was in Utah. Like, they're pretty good, but I'm still not really that scared of them. I'm, I'm still more scared of Philly. I got to say. I have news, guys. Shoot. I can confirm a tweet from Zach Lowe dated January 1st of 2020, <laughs> tweeted at 12.50 p.m. He wrote he was in an Uber to heat practice and in the air tonight comes on. Quote, I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Also, please ban me from the team store for my own good. And guess who the Heat played the day after? The Raptors. The Raptors. Why are you, why are you so excited about this, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> like, I'm missing something. The I'm Heat, saying, by the way, are comparatively saying. to the Celtics, who are fourth in defense, the Heat are 14th uh, for the season at 107.8. Yeah, I'm not scared of them, man. I'm not scared of any team that starts Enos Cantor. Yeah, but I'm what happens sorry, when they don't play not. him and they're just playing Tice and then the rest of their guys? And Brad is obsessed with playing Enos Cantor. I'm sorry. I, I've not peeped Celtics Twitter. Like, all they complain but about is But he's not going to play in the playoffs. Like, yeah, we say that now. I'm not scared of Philly either. I know that you're scared of Philly. I just, we're I'm not talking, worried we, about them. I don't know. I don't we're know talking why. about the Heat, right? Not the Raptors? <laughs> yes, we're talking about the Heat. Not the Raptors. I'm not scared of Philly. I'm not, I'm not scared okay, of Philly with them either. That's weird because I feel like everything that you said this season doesn't really lead towards that conclusion that you're not scared of Philly. I've pivoted. I've I've watched a lot of Sixer games and I, I'm kind of watching and I'm like, fraud alert. They're not. They're a bunch of frauds. They're not an elite team. Philly they're so built for Milwaukee. The I, it's like uh, just Milwaukee. Just Milwaukee. Like, they got to get it. there, right? Correct. Correct. They built their roster to play Milwaukee, but like they are flawed, man. Like unless they're willing to trade and beat or Simmons, I ain't afraid of them. Like they are fatally flawed. I'm like I'm so not scared of them. It's not even funny. Like I swear to God, if, I, if they play the Heat, I'm thinking wow, five. you're that I'm confident, ass. man. I'm like I'm dead ass, just not scared of them. I'm not scared of Brett Brown as a coach. That's uh, I'm not scared of anything. I'm not scared of Al Horford. I'm not scared of Ben Simmons not shooting. I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of them. If they want to run a million and beat post-ups, okay, fine. You go. If you want to win that way, try. Nobody else has been able to do it. And their fans are the biggest cowards in the whole NBA. There isn't a worse <laughs> fan base. The Celtic fan base is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. So, so Man, I'd, I'd put the Sixers ahead of them. I think the, big, the big four of bad fan bases is Let's the go. Lake, Let's hear the, it. The uh-huh. Lakers, the Celtics, the Pacers, and the Sixers. Wow, the Pacers are one to me. Pacers, interesting. Okay. Do you not remember yeah. the big three days of how annoying they were? Yeah, they were annoying. They're not the bad fans. Oh, my God. No, they're bad, man. They're bad. I don't like them. I'm not. There's like six of them. They're all six of them, and they all think the Sabonis is better than Bam. And I hate I think them. Rockets fans are hilarious because all they do is complain about cheating. No, the, the Rockets fans just like really hold James Harden's water because that's all they have. I, like I think Goins is right though. They're, they're obsessed with the Rockets fans and Saints fans. Like they're the same people. They're all Chris Pauls, is what they are. The conspiracy theorists. They're all Correct. like they're all like the jerseys untucked. That's who they are. They are who they hate. They follow the rules. <laughs> I don't know, man. But Laker fans are Laker fans are are just like peak annoying. Celtic fans are just horrible, and and the Sixer fans. The the, the Pacers are a fourth place. Yeah. I don't know so about the Pacers. I'm good with you on everything else for sure. <laughs> I actually, I kind of like old Heat Twitter battles against the Celtics fans. Those were good days, man. We Let's were. reminisce about old Cobra Dick Heat Twitter days. Like, the, just glorious days. Flying Death Machine, all that. Oh, oh my God. God. No Twitter's talks. better than our Twitter. I mean, that Twitter can't exist anymore, right? 
That's a good point, right? Like in 2020, can can Silky and Chris Joseph and all my people no. can they get away with that anymore? I mean, Silky still tries, and he gets he gets banned every every other month. But Chris Joseph has changed man. He's he's uh, he's 2020 has gotten to him. It's gotten to everybody. Slam everybody. It was you guys different see his fight, then. huh? Oh shit! Have you looked at this fight between Kansas and Kansas State? Yes, I did. It's all over Twitter. Uh, and some some Mav I didn't see got hurt, and everybody was really quiet. And then they went to break, and it looked bad. Um, yeah. Warriors Twitter, Warriors Twitter was not. Listen, they had all the ammunition to be Heat Twitter, and they just couldn't. Too do reasonable. They couldn't do it, and they were too scared of KD leaving. See, we were never scared <laughs> of LeBron leaving. We thought Actually, he was going to stay. I don't know about that, man. Left. They totally. I think they might have seen the whole KD leave, leaving thing coming because if they were back. No, they did. They knew, but they were scared of the whole the D Wade versus LeBron angle. We were told, like, "Yeah, LeBron, we love you. You're the number one. You're the greatest ever." (laughs) That first year, though, man. Oh man, after that first finals loss, you remember how Twitter was? I don't remember how anything was. All of that has been erased from my memory. I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) All I do now is just shit talk LeBron for his stupid Taco Tuesday videos, his bald spot. I mean, I'm all I'm here for all the LeBron. Are you a LeBron hater? Not nah, like the thing is, if he wants to come back to Miami, dude, I'll do a Taco Tuesday video myself. But until then, <laughs> I am going to torch the living hell out of that guy. I agree I with you on that take. Love how committed to the culture you are on the Taco Tuesday take. All right, Ryan, you need to give us. You tease this pre-show. We need to hear the origin the what? of Parakeet Cortez. Hold on, what did the, you say? The, the origin? Oregon? The origin. I type Good one. Really. God, somebody I, cut that up and I tweet type it out one. for me. <laughs> <laughs> the love of God, dude. Yeah, which the organ Oregon. did it come from? Was it that was a verb? It was a verb. It's been a long day. Nine thirty. You know, worked, tired. <sighs> Nine thirty, so, like it's two a.m. Right? Yes. Seventy-five, <laughs> like. It was cold today too. Yeah, that, that I agree degrees. with. Shake, that is shaking me up. That. that is messing me up, Bro. man. I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> Shit, I'm not built for that. Come out of the gym sweating, and I like, get hit by that cold. I'm like, I'm not. I wasn't ready. How often are wow. you going to the gym, Jacaro? Every day. <laughs> really? Wow. Not be fat? <laughs> no, I'm scared. That's <laughs> <laughs> 120 pounds. Okay. Big ups, man. Yeah, that's Congrats. a lot, though, for real. No, but seriously, I thought you were going to say come out of the gym and get hit by a car. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's listen, Kendall, it's such a drive. Anything's possible. Okay, so what's the, what's the Oregon of, uh, of Parakeet? Oh, my God. Oh God. I did that one on purpose. Come on. That was for comedic <laughs> effect. Okay. So in November, we're in, we're in uh, I was going to say February. We're in January. So in November of last year, it was the one-year anniversary of the birth of the parakeet. And so what happened was Stephen A and Will Kane were going on a first take and Stephen A was just annihilating Will Kane. And I tweeted out that Stephen A, his response to Will Kane was one of the most quote unquote electric things I'd ever seen. And Will Kane lost his mind and called me a parakeet and did a whole rant on the radio about who are all these damn parakeets running social media. Oh, Stephen A, electric, chirp, chirp. And I just decided that day that I was going to take that audio and turn it into a bit. And I was going to live in that character for the time being. And I created a drop that says Parakeet Cortez and I affix it to every video. And I see Will in the office all the time. We're, we're friendly. He's a colleague, but he knows what it is. <laughs> it's a good origin. One that goes against Will Kane is it's a very good origin. <laughs> Hey man, we work at the same company, but anyone could get it. In, 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 in like ranks of like origin stories, it'd be like you, then like Batman and Spider Man. Spider Man's <laughs> origin is way more than Batman. Can Batman exist in twenty twenty, or would everyone just hate him because he's rich? No, he would. He would have got canceled so long ago. Are you kidding me? But yo, Bruce Wayne would have been canceled. It's like, why are you not helping people with your riches? He got why killed you by vigilante? Crime? A woke vigilante. <laughs> A Bernie bro. I saw Joker the other day. It was a good movie. I haven't, I I haven't seen it yet. No. I recommend Parasite, Uncut Gems, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What is Uncut Gems about? 
It's about Kevin Garnett last the final seat. Just like give me like, is there like a spoiler? Like, what's on the back of the Blu-ray when I buy it? I mean, it's a movie about sports betting. With you know, it's in oh, New it's York. Oh, about sports betting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you'll love it. Sports I just betting. Know KG's in it, and that's it. I don't feel like what I'm about to say is a spoiler because it's been on Twitter. But like Mike Francesa is in the movie. If that entices you, oh, he's like he's, tr- Mike he's Francesa is fucking acting. You know, in, was it good acting? Was or he bad acting? What do you yeah, think? But it was funny. I wanted. To- yeah, him and KG were both playing themselves, but they were also like acting and doing a bunch of lines. Was KG a bad actor? Because I actually think he'd be a good actor. I don't think I would. I don't think I'd call him good, but um, he, I mean, he was okay. Yeah, he did his job. It was fine. I saw the movie got rave reviews, really, really but also of no, I heard that the timeline. I haven't seen the movie, but I heard the timeline in that movie plays into. Uh, like if that movie would have kept going and you would have gone really into it, you would have seen Adam Sandler get really disappointed because the Celtics got eliminated by LeBron in the Heat. Because <laughs> that's actually true. Like it played out in 2012 I, yeah. when Garnett was playing as the Heat. There's one way I could answer that, but it would have a giant spoiler, so I'm not, but I get what you're saying. Because I heard it does touch base on, yes, on like any of that. It's like a very small time period, but like people, you know, somebody on Twitter did the, uh-huh. oh yeah, that was 2012. They got eliminated by LeBron when he when he had that crazy game in Game Six. <laughs> An anomaly. No, you're right. It was a 2012. I would have been like, pissed if I'm Adam Sandler, it. man. <laughs> this is how I win. Totally lost, man. <laughs> Little did he know. I think we have to end it there. Oh my God, um, Ryan, I do want I want people to know where they can find you, man, and where can they find your work? You're you're doing great stuff. I want you to. We didn't. Give out your handle to start. What's working? Oh, thank you, man. Ryan underscore Cortez on Twitter. Please watch High Noon weekdays at four on ESPN. Highly questionable four thirty. You know what it is. Are Pablo and Bomani buying into the propaganda? No, my God, it's it is so funny because they they don't, and I have to. Not only is it them, it's it's our team of producers because I'll make the Google Doc and I'll put the Heat A1. I'll make it the first topic. I don't care. And, and it's right. a fight with produced. No, let's let's put the Heat down. Let's put, but you know what? Derek Jones Jr. Dunk is getting in the show somewhere. Yeah. So like that that battle happens, but ultimately like the Heat are worth talking about and they continue to be worth talking about. They're a two seed and so I don't plan on stopping putting them in the show. I feel like Pablo is coming around. I don't feel, I feel like Bomani is just like, he's entrenched. Too rational for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pablo, I think, is coming around a little bit from what I'm. Well, here's the seeing. thing with Pablo, right? He rides for every Filipino, not even every Filipino, any Asian athlete. And so, like, he and I have talked, he's mentioned this, like, no one is more suited to be a heat lifer than him for, for Spolstra. Yeah. And so he is, he watches and he's conflicted because he wants deeply to root for Spolstra in the heat, but he's also somebody who, like, ministered or whatever them forgive me butchering the word of the wedding you know he was the guy who who refereed a wedding between two sixers fans so like he's oh, embedded right. in like it's sixers twitter mm-hmm. well he's also embedded in the process like, correct that's, that's, right. that's his this is baby that's right but I, I do think we might be able to get him i think we're there close. i think we're like every time i hear something i'm like pablo looks like he's like so close to coming like they're a ten game win streak away from Pablo B. Allen. Your sentence phrasing there was quite something. My what? 